other voices. This is the fifth episode of the podcast. Well, we're already five in. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and the new installment, dude. Yeah. The new version. The new version. The, the other versions all have like 20 respectively in each one, <laughs> which is like five different versions. They're all sagas. <laughs> um, but this one we're going to release, you yeah. know, and the people of the world are just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, now that we got that bullshit out of the way, mm. I'd like to give my warmest welcomes to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Warm greeting to everyone. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. Uh, so this is Other Voices. Mm. This is a podcast, obviously, um, where we take a movie and we build a soundtrack to it. I'm your host, Connor, and here's my co-host, Daniel, Hi. Joseph, Stanley, Stanley. Linda. St- Stanley, Joseph. This is going to turn... <laughs> do I fuck it up did, did we, did we start this? <laughs> you said the same thing last episode. Oh, no. So that's a bad luck. Actually, no, a no, it's a good luck charm. <laughs> yeah, no, this is going to be... I don't know how we can top last one. Honestly, I don't know either, man. That was good. That like was that. the greatest piece of shit I've ever made. Yeah, no, it's really good. I liked it. So... Let's cut through the bullshit. Let's cut the Let's bullshit. Let's get to it Let's right get, now. Right now, right here, right now. So I'll, I'll do the movie. I'll announce the movie. Yeah, you the... Why don't you turn Sorry off the phone? That. Ringtone. Um, That's a ringtone. <laughs> so the movie for this week is A Woman Under the Influence. When so I first heard that title, I thought she was just drunk constantly. Yeah, whenever I tell people that Oh, I'm doing this movie for the podcast, you know, as I do. Yeah. They're always like, what? Well, first of all, why are you even talking to me? And second of all, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking schizo over here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Woman Under the Influence. Do you want to top off the cast and everything? Uh, yeah, it starts uh, Gina Rowlings as Mabel and Peter Falk as Nick. Who's a Jew, by the way. He, he's, he's Jewish. He's, he's Jewish? like 100% Jewish. Wow. I, I know. Thought, I thought he was Italian. Yeah. In, in every cast of I, Eddie's I movie. I forget what Sebastian Meniscalco said in one of his bits, but it's like Jews and Italians are like the same business, different different like subsection of the business. Mm, I get it. Yeah, I get yeah it. you get it. You, 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 you. So when you're racist to Jews, you're racist to Italians. Exactly. And vice yeah. versa. Good to know. Good to know. Killing two birds with one stone. Are, these, these are important things to know about our society <laughs> as a whole. <laughs> All right, so we got Gina Rounds. Yeah, who is the wife of John Cassavetes, who's the writer and really? director of the film. Yeah, they were married. I never knew he, that. Until he died in the late 80s? Do you know what he 80s? died of? AIDS. 87, I think he died. Let me check. He died in 89. I do not know what he died of, though. Well, either way, that's a fucking bummer. It is a very big bummer. He's one of my favorite directors, definitely. Yeah, Gina Rowlands in this movie. How do you pronounce it? Rollins or Rowlands? Rowlands. Rowlands? Yeah, yeah. Just fucking joke slams oh, the role. Yeah. No, it's fucking great. I mean, no wonder she was nominated for an Academy Award. Yeah, then she won a Golden Globe, too. It's Really? I didn't Yeah, yeah. no, she... Like, there's nothing really too much to elaborate on. It's just... It, like, it, it speaks for itself. She just crushes it. Yeah, She no, just crushes it. I mean, we'll obviously talk more about it as we go along. But, yeah, yeah. You know, for right now, it's just like... All the performance, Peter Falk, Gina Rowling's all great performances all around. 
This is mini John Favreau. John Favreau. <laughs> yeah, the little little girl looks like John Favreau. The little daughter of. Uh, Maybe that is John Favreau. Maybe <laughs> he's just he's transitioned. Yeah, he's he's transitioned. a closeted transgender. <laughs> Dude, this is we the, just uncovered uh, the biggest conspiracy of <laughs> the all. The fucking know your shit. Yeah, we know. You we know your shit. There's no hiding from us. <laughs> we know. <laughs> we definitely know. We we saw your your your, your lo- freakishly long schlong. All right. How'd you get that? Huh? Is that a curb in your yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know the vibes. Yeah, you know the vibes. It's curbing enthusiasm. Um. So obviously, we uh, we recommend that you. Watch the fucking movie besides before listening. You just start accosting the audience like, what are you, fucking retard? Well, honestly, I, you know. I mean, yeah, you are. You, you will, uh, if you're listening to this right now, you're, you're, you're fucking retarded. retarded. You're retarded. Nah, in all seriousness, we do recommend you watch the movie beforehand. Mm-hmm. Uh, just so, you know, it's a better experience. Yeah, not, not, not even just from a better experience. This is just an amazing movie. This is, yeah. I watched this recently, actually. Shocking, because I have a I have the John Cassavetes Criterion box that is like right there. What are you a fucking nerd? Yeah, of course I am. I have to have all this shit. But this is one of the ones I haven't seen, and just because it's two and a half hours long. But yeah. I've seen this I think three times within the month span of watching it. Yeah, I and remember. It. I, I remember. It. Yeah, and I think this is probably my favorite Cassavetes movie. Definitely. I love this. I'm not uh, well versed in the Cassavetti universe. Ooh, <laughs> fucking bars, bro. Yo, that's um, bars. but from what I can tell, it's promising. This oh. movie. No, this is a great introduction into his yeah catalog. This movie is just so fucking good. Yeah. Um, can't recommend it enough. It is two and a half hours, but once you get immersed, you... I, I was never bored whenever yeah. I saw it. And it is a very, I wouldn't say slow, but a lot of scenes draw themselves out. Yeah. But it's mainly to just observe these characters. Yeah. It is a character study, pretty much. It's I mean, definitely... There's a, a very loose story. Like, I, I agree. But the main focus, which is the main focus of all of his movies, essentially, is just to focus on these non architectural main characters like these aren't characters like archetypical you mean are you archetypical yeah Yeah, they're not like the typical type of main characters they these are like some weird side characters that you find in movies and that's why i love his style is that he takes these weird fucked up people and he just really delves into their their lives essentially it's a really good point yeah um and yeah back to the like long drawn out scenes it can definitely it can be a little much. I guess. I'll make a point that, you know, like the the dinner scene where they're eating the pasta the first time. Yeah. At the like, end? Uh, no. Oh, oh, the, oh, the very I love beginning. that. Oh, I love, I love that, that scene. scene but yeah. I could definitely see how someone is like, this is a little drawn out. Yeah. But no, it's purposeful and that it he wants you to sit in it. Yeah. To sit in the it weirdness. Is, again, this is one of the things I love is that I love documentary style movies not even like documentaries in particular but movies that look like documentaries and act like one like this yeah. is a hundred percent in that same vein with like the cam like there's lots of like far away camera shots using long long lenses or like really shaky up close type shit it's 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 honestly like a, a great look in how you can in 
those types of movies can influence like a solid narrative. Yeah, yeah. The close-ups in this movie are really interesting. Oh yeah. Um, I love them a lot. Yeah. So how about we jump in? We should jump uh, into it. Let's name off our soundtrack first, though. Yeah, we should. Um, you know, we haven't done that. Actually, that's actually something we probably should have. It's new. Into. Yeah, I just thought about it earlier. I was like, you know what? Maybe we should announce it beforehand. Yeah, but we won't talk about what scene. Are we going to talk? Say what well, scene? we'll name the scene and then we'll describe the scene when we get there. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so I guess I'll go first. Yeah. Um. So for the opening scene, the very opening scene. Um, I have Midnight Special. By the legendary Lead Belly. Um, no, that song was made popular by, you know, the, um, what every American boy, the pinwheel fuckhead, you know, loves Creedence Clearwater. Right? Was it? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's the midnight special, shining on me. Is it the same song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. didn't know that. I didn't know fucking CCR. Yeah, no, it's the the pinwheel. I know that because it's in the beginning of the Twilight Zone movie, and you know oh. my story with that. I'll probably tell it at some point. Hell yeah, dude. I'll tell it at Hell some yeah. point, but th- that was very traumatizing. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. But, um, yeah, Lead Belly, if you don't know, uh, is a legendary blues singer, hugely influential. Um, and... I I really like the song in general. Um, I wanted to go for more of a blues song because to represent that, like these guys are blue collar. Yeah. And obviously that's shown through them working on the construction site. But I kind of wanted to tap into that mm-hmm. um, through um, kind of a an older character. Trying to articulate this the best. Yeah. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that this movie definitely has a soul. Oh, yeah. It's no. got a soul to it. Mm-hmm. And making the soundtrack was really interesting because you want to take the soul in a different way, but you want to keep it there. Yeah, you know, that's the whole point of us doing this. Yeah. Um, the movie is like a study on the morals and, you know, thought processes of people. So, you know, I can understand why yeah more soul-based songs would fit yeah and i mean you can't really get more soulful than a blues singer yeah uh especially light belly yeah um so yeah that's yeah. why i chose it yeah. your choice mm-hmm. i love <laughs> i, love I it. uh i did uh woke up this morning by abner J. I really like this out it's very particular sound the whole album like if you're not into it cause he has like these really weird bits at the beginning you of- got like dick jokes in there yeah no it's it's very strange but i think it's so unique to the point i really love it but i picked woke up this morning and essentially what this song well at least what i took out of it in correlation to this is that it's represents this like typical american life that's you know contradicted by this like essentially like i just want love like this unconventional unconventional love from somebody yeah because like he's he's talking about like i don't know working some fucking blue collar job he's like yeah i want someone to bring me my whiskey but at the same time he's like i want someone right by me exactly yeah (laughs) i just want i just want some fucking touch but this this movie this movie is definitely like a breakdown of the typical blue collar american life where again what i said earlier where it takes like side what would be side characters and like delves into their lives in such an interesting way looking into the more you know 
the influences that people have onto their lives and what happens behind closed doors. So I think, you know, the idea of breaking down the American life is essential in both the movie and the song. Plus, it sets up the common theme of what my soundtrack is going for, which is like folk type yeah. music. Yeah, and definitely, and like it definitely taps into the American dream. Yeah, and just fucking shits on it. Yeah, I mean the entire album is kind of like that. The well, I'm talking about the movie. Well, yeah, that, yeah. Well, both the album and the movie. Yeah, yeah, like the movie that you've got it all set up of where you've got you know the very typical hardworking father, stay at home mother, you know father just wants to come home and eat and have you know a normal, good, a normal wife but he, yeah but i mean of course i'll talk more about it but he's yeah. but he's in some way or another he's almost so adapted to that unconventional person that he's living with that you know he can't you know live a life besides that until shit hits the fan yeah yeah but so, I love, I love, the, also, I love the, I always thought like the visual of like, you know, breaking like an, like an early morning dawn, you know, with this song. I always, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, the yeah. song kind of gives, I mean, it's called woke up this morning, yeah, but it, exactly. like, it gives you that vibe of like, you know, fucking five o'clock in the morning or whatever. And Just going to work, being yeah, a fucking slate, being a sister, whole, man, being a fucking pig. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love, I love the opening. And then he, um, he goes to a bar and he's just like, I'm not fucking working because I'm going to, I want to do my best Peter Falk. I want, I want, <laughs> it's good, it's good. I want to be with my wife. And everyone starts chewing. It's a very sweet moment, you know, because you think, oh, this is going to be a very sweet movie. And he's then, standing up. He's yeah. saying, fuck you. Yeah. And then it cuts to uh, Abel, uh, what's it? Mabel. 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 Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, you can already sense that there's something not right. Yeah, that's just how fucking good Gina Rowland is. No, it's just from good. the get go, yeah. she's just very obviously just very just manic and mm. you know very stressed yeah. out. You know, like one thing that I really like of when the scene the the scene after that of when the kids go to the car mm. and the mother's pulling out. Mm. She's like telling directing the mother, yeah. like, all right, turn the wheel, turn the mm. wheel, just like completely controlling her. Yeah. And I believe that was her actual mother, by the way. Uh, there's think. a lot of family members in this movie. I know Cassavetti's dad is plays Adolf. The, at the, That's awesome. Really? Yeah, he plays That's uh, awesome. Yeah, no, a lot. Because all, all of his movies are like under like a million dollars. Made where under. Really? Yeah, so he was like... Yeah, I didn't, I I don't I don't really have a but in the book the uh, the pamphlet that came with the box box set. He's like the interviewer asked him how much did this movie cost, and he's like, eh, it didn't really cost anything at all. Like we just got a bunch of people and just you know got whatever fucking food we can get, and all the money that was used for the budget is just for like advertising or like for movie theaters or whatever. So Man, this movie so was cool. pretty much like fucking free that he made. Fuck yeah. I mean, of course, like cameras and film. That whatever. definitely adds to it. That definitely adds to the familial and just like very raw tightness yeah, that no. you feel. Yeah. Where everyone feels like family. Yeah. Because they are. Yeah, exactly. It's a very naturalistic type environment, which captures what he's trying to do. And why you motherfucker. And why you film school graduate. This is, the, this is the episode we gotta fucking yeah we gotta we gotta send. really <laughs> this is our redemption episode if you couldn't tell yeah uh we really uh <laughs> we're trying to find their footing 
Yeah. Um, Last episode was so ooh. fucking funny, though. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Daniel, baby. Daniel, baby. It's so fucking dumb. All right. And we haven't said the sucker. We have not so I think said that it. I think that's already a good sign. I mean, you said retard. Yeah, whatever. I mean, unless Fuck you're what's her face, then you know. Yeah, don't don't name names. Yeah, because we had to do it the last time. Yeah, who gives a fuck? Yeah, it's retard. Yeah. <laughs> so, and also uh, another emphasis of how kind of weird and bizarre this character is. I mean, not that it's like very strange. But Gina. Like, yeah, Gina, yeah, Mabel. Mabel, yeah. Mabel yeah. When she's just waiting for her husband when um for God knows how long in the kitchen, just yeah. just patiently just just staring off into the fucking distance, into an empty void, just drinking beers or whatever. Yeah. And then she just decides to go into town. She decides to just hook up with someone. She gets a little uh, a little freaky, yeah. a little frisket. Now, this guy's interesting. Oh, the country guy? Yeah, because he seems like a genuinely nice guy. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he seems like a sweet man. Yeah. Just trying to get some poontang, you know? Pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Instead of Will Smith getting a job, it's just him just, like, fucking prostitutes the whole movie. <laughs> no, he is the prostitute. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, Jane Smith's just like, Daddy! <laughs> He's just getting pummeled in the fucking ass the entire time. <laughs> I got you, son. Jaden Jaden Smith is the fucking. Uh, he's the pimp. Yeah, he's gonna use the pimp. <laughs> Get back to it, daddy. Do your fucking job. <laughs> what were we talking about? Well, this is no longer There's going no to be submitted to NYU. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Back on the saddle. Yeah. So why I was saying he was interesting because he's very nice and very sweet to her. Yeah. However, when they go to her house and he tries to, you know, dance with her, get a little, get a little foreplay going on. Yeah. She's just telling him flat out no. Oh, yeah. And he just keeps on. And he just keeps. So I don't know. I guess they did hook up. Yeah. No. Because it wasn't rape. It definitely mm-hmm. wasn't rape. No. But. Uh, Hopefully not. Well, obviously not in the context of real life yeah. because, you know, they were actors. It wasn't It wasn't good, though. That's all I can tell. She didn't wake up feeling like, wow. I mean, to be fair, guy. she thought when she woke up, she thought he was Nick. Yeah. By the way, I love I love the shots of her in the bed because that's another thing that I love about the visual presentation of the movie. It's very specific, but I love like like these soft white lights contradicting with like harsh shadows, and it mm, without mm. using any vibrant colors like yeah. like neon lights or whatever the fuck, some cheap fuck, some like do. fucking euphoria. Yeah, yeah, nah, euphoria is good. It doesn't <laughs> deserve this shit. Yeah, no, it's good, but it it creates this vibrancy without really doing too much, right? But I love that shot. This is her in the bed, and it looks like she's like in this cloud of yeah it's like really the only like sweet moment with her at, that, at this point in the movie where she's exactly. alone she's just alone in her own stoop just she like she's the only person that understands herself well kind of yeah in the beginning in the beginning and then yeah, yeah whatever and yeah what's interesting about her is that from the beginning you're like all right something's up mm. 
but her mental illness presents itself oh, in yeah. mul- a multitude of different ways of like and it gets worse as the movie goes on yeah it's like it seems like it's a mix of bipolar disorder I said, and schizophrenia yeah i said severe bipolar disorder that's what yeah I, that's what i was thinking but it just, seems like it's just like kind of this old notion of of what mental illness was viewed yeah. in the 70s yeah i would just say oh she's just fucking crackpot yeah of where like she's not easy it's not very armchair fucking psychologist over here yeah um it's not diagnosable and i think no. it's kind of just yeah she's crazy yeah this is how this is why yeah this is how this is how it's gonna go instead of being like a character study of someone with like yeah bipolar yeah no but like you definitely see aspects of it where like there's these really sweet moments like when she's with her kids you know she's just especially at like the end where she's just going to each one this is being very oh sweet. yeah she's like like the entire like there's moments where she's just very calm and then you have these really sporadic and just manic episodes hence that, the which, bipolar yeah that, no that's what that's what i mean is that yeah. that's what signifies that where she has these switches just switches on and off of just highs and lows and what i really love about it that you mentioned earlier was like through the mental illness her love for her children remains oh yeah even for next yeah awesome. yeah well except for threatening to kill them but. i i mean yeah but you know even then like there is this weird you know deep down the two. yeah, yeah. So this takes us to uh, the the spaghetti scene with when yeah. he brings everyone to dinner. I love this scene. So I much. do too. I, I do remember too. when I saw this, saw the movie for the first time. When I got to the scene, I was like, I know, I love this. This movie. is the one. Yeah, this is this the, is the one. one. Yeah, exactly. But y- yeah, you know, you can talk about it. Yeah, I mean, with that scene, this is where her mental this is where you start going from hmm, she seems off to oh this is just awkward like this just feels uncomfortable like she just greets everyone very strangely yeah and like ask her pasta yeah and then pasta no and then she like when she's like i'm gonna make that pasta she just sits there for like 30 seconds just staring at everyone just smiling yeah and then, like, uh, she obviously goes on her merry way, make whatever the fuck. But pastas never look so good, by the way. Pasta so fucking good. I love pasta. This is shit. I love it. So yeah, they go on there, and then they're at the dinner table. Yeah, and this is I love I I just it's so bizarre because it's not like this even really has too much of an effect on every on anything on the overall plot. Yeah, like you just look at these random workers and she's just asking him questions you got the guy that she calls mighty mouse and the guy that's singing italian yeah yeah yeah. it's just like so bizarre but like you also get to see like how she interacts with other people so like obviously she's very like extroverted where she's like interacting with every single one making jokes like she's goofy yeah she wants to be a part of the guys but you just see peter falk the entire time just being like shut the fuck up yeah yeah and then what at a certain point he does just snap and it just i love it's just there's so many great awkward moments in all of his movies and that's what i love because it's very human it's just very strange and awkward moments of just either anger or silence and that's when he just breaks and he's just like can you just sit the fuck down (laughs) 
and then everyone's just, yeah, and everyone's just like so you can just feel the tension in that entire room. You know, it's just the power of of John Cassavetti's magic. Men. Men. Yeah, no, that scene is really a true testament to like what this movie's going for. Oh yeah. And what it totally. achieves. Um and then they and then like everyone else leaves. Yeah, the they leave. And then they get into an argument where it's just she she definitely won't take shit. She's you get this no. idea that she won't take shit. Like yeah, she is the stereotypical stay at home mom, but she's very strong. Yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's I think oh it's just I can't get over it. It's just so fucking good. It is good. It no, is really the good. movie's really good. And uh, well, they go to bed, and then the kids come over, and then this is another scene that I love where that she's like you just look at Gina Gina. Uh, I'll just call her Mabel. I'll just, Mabel. Yeah, Mabel. And like, you know, Peter Falk is just trying to get everyone together. He's like, all right, let's make a, let's make something good out of a, a stressful situation. Cause obviously Mabel's just like in a very weird phase where she's like, get the fuck away from me. It's pretty much to all of her kids. Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah. And, and he's just like, you know what? Let's just have a moment together. Yeah. It's where like the, his love comes out yeah. of where he's like, yeah, I wish I was sleeping right now, but, this is a special moment with my kiddos. Yeah, but if you look at Gina Rowling, she's just so annoyed the she's entire pissed. time. Yeah. And then afterwards, they just have a very special moment with each other. It's it's just, it's a genuinely sweet mo- uh, movie at times. Yeah. Really. Yeah, but the sweetness plays into how fucking horrible yeah, cause it is. Yeah, because con- it contradicts all the fucked up things. Yeah. It's- so, then, so then some shit happens, and then fucking party. Right of where the playdate. Oh, the play. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I think yeah. the playdate's like the next notable scene. Yeah, right? I, this is a great. This is another scene where I was like, this. I was like smiling the entire time, even though in all reality, it's just so fucking. Re- I was laughing. It's arguably the most awkward scene. It's all argued, but I was laughing just well. Like the playdate starts out pretty all right, you know. She's you know kids being, being kids, keeping the kids entertained, and the dad's like he's there, you know, just keeping out. Yeah. And she's trying to do her best just to take care of these kids. But just because of how mentally unstable she is, she just doesn't know how to take care of kids correctly, really. Well, and the dude also was like, hey, I'm going to drop them off and I'm going to like run some errands and I'll come back and pick them up. But he doesn't feel safe and rightfully so. But she also very awkwardly is like, no, come in, come in, which then makes him be like. Oh what the fuck! Yeah, something, something's not right about her. So that's so that's why he's at a certain point he just and they start like trading clothes or whatever they start putting on and he takes off um the he's like that's that's my kid's clothes get the get out the get fuck off. you doing get, get off and this is where the chaos starts where like all he just starts screaming at his kids like we're getting the fuck out come we're on motherfucker yeah and it's, she's just like no please and there's naked kids running around yeah little John Favreau little which John Favreau was that I was so funny I don't think it was sus but I, it was a little weird it was funny I was just fully naked baby <laughs> I just I went immediately just like this just oh. I just looked up I was like oh <laughs> I don't want to see anything I just thought I of like how it. ridiculous the whole situation was and then once Peter Falk and his mom comes in which adds another layer of just Chaos. If chaos, where this is the point where I just I I, I just broke when she's like that kid's naked. <laughs> oh my little, god, oh my, that kid's naked. And then they get into 
a fight. They start they start beating each other. Yeah, the fight was a little weird. No, but it's realistic though. It, That's what I like. Is yeah, that it's I mean, clumsy. It's clumsy. It's not coordinated. Well, does he think that maybe this guy was cheating? Uh, no. I just think he. I think he kind of pointed. He was like. Did you take my kid's clothes off? Is that yeah. why he was like... That's, because... that's, that's what I inferred, that he's like, What the fuck are you doing in my house? Creating all this fucking chaos and shit. You know, he's just like... He's like, I'm, I'm going to settle this situation like a man, like the blue-collar man I am, and then they just get into a fucking lame fight. Yeah, and then fucking kicks him out. And yeah. he's like, I'll kill your children! <laughs> what the fuck? I'll are... twist your fucking kid's head off! <laughs> Punts the dog. They had a dog too. He punts the dog. <laughs> Just fucking choke slams that bitch. <laughs> Neck breaks one of the kids. Curb stomps him. So I can drop kicks him across the street. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then after this is more delve into chaos where we kind of start to see Mabel just go even more insane. Yeah. Where. I think they just get into an argument with each other, which, you know, is more of a testament to, like, you know, the interactions and the character development and seeing how these characters really, really are. And then the doctor comes in. Yeah, that's fucking Mickey Mouse over here. Fucking Mickey Mouse. He's the fucking... He's just a mook. He is a fucking He's just a grade A mook. Yeah. He shows up. He's like, all right, what's going on? Yeah. This interviewing her and you just see her just fucking twitching like just <laughs> just cracked. <laughs> and this scene, like, yeah, this is this is when it all just it, fucking. It's it very uncomfortable. It's extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong. After this, it's like it. It's the six months thing. Um. Come no. On, or is no, that later on? No, that's later on. Okay. We, it like jump cuts from him take giving her a shot so he can like, you know calm her down and bring her to the yeah institute and it cuts to uh i guess what the next scene where we have our songs is when oh okay yeah, yeah that, that's what i meant yeah where uh peter falk nick goes back to uh his job which i find interesting which emphasizes like this idea of like what goes on behind closed doors where exactly where like you see all this shit that he goes through throughout this night and he just goes back to his job trying to act as sane and as normal as possible yeah and that definitely it definitely shows of when like he just doesn't want to talk to anyone about it he just wants to go in and do his fucking job yeah um and i guess word spreads quickly because everyone's like yo what's up with mabel yeah it's like he's like talk about my wife yeah suck a cock don't talk about my wife like that you ever suck a cock you ever suck a guy's cock so then so he gets ready for work and then they're going up the trail going up the trail it's pretty much trying to do as much as be as normal as possible yeah just going through it yeah um and this is where my song kicks in but my mine pretty much goes throughout the entire scene the entire scene yeah the entire scene where wanna tell the audience yeah he pretty much gets into an argument with one of his co-workers and then yeah I guess what you would call the uh, main event of the second act low point, if you will, <laughs> is uh, where he he falls off the cliff. Where when I first saw it, I was like, "This is uh, fascinating," but you can really, because obviously Nick is partly responsible for him just you know falling. Yeah, practically, you know, even though I 
and no, he didn't die, but you know, he could have injured himself. He broke really. his body. Yeah, he yeah, he could have injured himself really badly. And this is like a wake up call. By the way, I love this part, which is another emphasis of like the documentary style where like once he like falls off the cliff and you just like the cameras like when it goes to Peter Falk, it like immediately just like pans down like as if like there's a cameraman being like, Oh shit, something just went down. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 a slight thing that I that I really love. But um the song I picked for this entire scene was Lonely by Juan Waters. This is a a great um, a very unique uh, indie rock artist, folk indie rock artist of uh, the 2010s, definitely in 21st century. And I saw him at a Mac DeMarco concert. This is how I got introduced to him. But I got, he's the fucking weirdest live performer I've ever seen in my entire life. I can imagine. He just repeated one verse over and over again for fucking 25 30 minutes and it was the most hilarious shit ever and he was running around shirtless swinging his guitar that's awesome yeah no he's hilarious but uh this is off his newest album lonely and the song is lonely. yeah this yeah yeah and like obviously peter falk as much as he like wants to believe that what he did was for the best for mabel like as we this is more like for the future and this is like pretty much sets up this idea uh, like you know what we, the fuck i just realized what we didn't even name off our soundtrack earlier oh yeah no we didn't even do <laughs> we didn't even do our fucking thing correctly we we said we were gonna do it and then whatever whatever whatever, whatever. <laughs> who gives a fuck all right but like as we go through the movie he see like we find out that he needs mabel by his side and like even though he wants the normal type of life you know i.e why he has this type of job why yeah he's given this job he just wants he, a, the american dream yeah but he's also like so influenced uh, he, woman under the influence she's in, oh she's, influence, hey, she's an influence on everyone's life and that he's so used to this type of person where he's like adopted like he he's adapted to her unstable condition so yeah you know the thought of you know masking the loneliness is like clearly seen in this part where he's just like i want i just need some sort of thing to you know take my mind off this whole situation and it's emphasized by the song yeah much and again it, yeah. it, it continues the uh sonical theme of like indie rock folk music yeah my i don't know i've i've mixed feelings about your song mm. because thematically it works 100 percent. however within context of the film mm. and the feeling of the film that's where I think it misses. Okay. Because I was also thinking about doing this this song for the beach scene, but I don't know. I was yeah. I was I was flipping between the two. Well, my point is is that like the movie is very nineteen seventies. Yeah. Very nineteen. Well, yeah, I can definitely see why you could. Yeah, you see where I'm coming from. Yeah. Of where like this song is very modern, and his vocals, like even the filters, um are very modern however it d- definitely captures the feeling and the theme yeah very well however in that aspect i think it misses i think it misses i'm gonna die later yeah uh so i have a song that is similar and that it's electronic okay. um i don't know if, I don't know if this is cheating. Mm. Um, 
while doing research, uh, you know, for my soundtrack and trying to get a feel for what's going on, I stumbled upon some Spotify playlist. It's called A Woman Under the Influence. Are you serious? I'm 100 percent serious. Wow. Um, sure. I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. Yeah, you should. And rat fuck. It's a woman under the influence, 1974, by Tyler Graup. That's Tyler T Y L E R G R. So this was definitely influenced. A U P P. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be fair, Tyler, if you're listening to this, uh, a lot of the songs that I went through aren't on here. Like there's Joy Division, there's Velvet Underground, Sonic Youth, uh, Silver Jews. Like, this is all shit that I know. Uh, I actually listened to Tim Buckley and Jackson C. Frank beforehand. Um, however, through this, I found the song Fallen Love With, that's the name of the song, mm-hmm. by Les Raleza. Ra- <laughs> I'm fuck this, dude. Yeah, Les R A L L I. Z E S, yeah, Denudis, yeah, um, you got it, yeah. But I, they're like this Japanese kind of sound. I love, I love this song. Yeah, actually. they're like this um, shoegaze kind of. I don't even know how to fucking describe it. Yeah, but I like the song. I mean, I like the song on its own a lot. Um, however, with the scene, I definitely think it captures the emotions mm-hmm. that Peter Falk's going to of. This, you know, obviously he's sad and down because of the recent events, but he's also extremely confused. Mm. He's just a fucking lightning ball of emotions. Yeah. Which is shown through when he gets into an altercation with that guy yeah. and he falls down the hill. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I like the song a lot. Yeah, uh, you. Sh- it's very good. Yeah, no, it's very good. So after this point, he takes his kids. This is like where you kind of see that he's dependent on Mabel pretty much as being like yeah. this guiding figure for these kids where he decides to take them to, it also shows like the more human flaws of this character where the beer, yeah, the beer yeah. and he takes his kids to the beach, but he's just like controlling. He's like, all right, I'm just so fucking frustrated. Cause I have so many of these little rat fucks and I have to carry them. Around. Yeah. These little bastards. And, and at a certain point in the entire time, he's just like, we're going to have fun. We're going to fucking fun. Well, it also shows that the no- sense of normalcy that he's trying to restore, but it's just like he's so embedded in what she's established. Where yeah, it's just it's unescapable at this point. Yeah, and then mm. he gives his kids beer, and they get drunk, they which get, is fucking get, hilarious. That is also fucking darkly funny. By the way, I uh, I mean I'll mention it later because it is correlate to one of my songs. But this movie, I could definitely see it being the most influent, like the most influential movie for um. Uh, the Safdie brothers film Daddy Long Legs totally mm. as being like the story of this like irresponsible but loving parent you know yeah and it is definitely within like the same style I mean of course they took you can definitely see a lot of his influence on their movies but it's obvious at least when this scene popped up I was like this is very obvious that yeah it was a very big influence for that movie six months later I haven't seen it but uh, I'll agree bro yeah, it's fucking great. Six months later. <laughs> this is... the So this is... We have the scene when they're leading up to the party. Yeah. Um, We both have songs for this. Yeah, yeah. But this scene is really interesting 
of oh the score by the way mm. the score for this movie it's is insanely good it, it doesn't it doesn't happen too much because when i first saw it and i was like thinking back on it i was like i don't remember a whole lot of music but then once i saw it again i definitely took a lot more notice to it yeah it's it, it is really good it is really good yeah and, and uh little piano metal melody or medley i don't care medley, uh that they got going on is it's weird because like this is a time of kind of rejoicement mm. of mabel's coming back mm. but the um score is a juxtaposition of where it's got this very melancholic tone to it yeah. it's almost like a daniel johnston song actually yeah this is exactly why i picked this song and literally it's the same exact reason as you just picked and why it was used in the movie is this juxt- i picked spirit world rising off of 1990 daniel johnston great iconic album um yeah, it really serves as this juxtaposition of like, even though it is this rejoiceful moment of like, oh shit, we're seeing Mabel for the first time, but it's also developing this very sad undertone where it's like, you know, I, there's not really a whole lot you can imagine going well. Really. Yeah. It has this really melancholy feel and it's very, I love the sound of like, cause like it's them running in the field, like putting on like the suit, but I love the sound of like this very echoey, very silent yeah ambient sound of the song uh, in place with this visual of just this grand you know construction landscape yeah kind of barren yeah, yeah um, barren very yeah barren. i agree it definitely puts you in a space lyrically it doesn't fit at yeah. all because it's very much about like fucking satanism or whatever the fuck yeah but you know it's it this is the this is like the one where i was like this is more of like a mood piece this yeah song, in the context of my scene yeah, my I try to tap into that like melancholiness, but in a different way. Mm. Of um, the song I chose was "Till Today" demo um, by Gene Clark. I'll talk a little bit more about Gene Clark in a second. Uh, so yeah, the the guitar um, definitely plays into it. Um, however, the the lyrics are really what got me. Gene Gene Clark's voice. Um, for example, the first two lyrics of Say you will look for me in the morning Even if it's just to throw your arms around me Of that, like, this is just a very simple love song um, Well, I shouldn't say simple, but wholesome It's a very wholesome song um, And I wish I could use the album The whole the whole album is a very great complimentary piece um, To yeah. the movie Gene Clark Sings For You mm. um, Is the album I wish I could use it more. However, like it just didn't line up with the scenes. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But it captures it. the feeling. Yeah, yeah, of course. So after this point, they get to the party, and oh, party, party, party! I remember when you were when you first saw the movie and you were talking to me about it. You were yeah. like, you were particularly because again, I'd say this movie's incredibly realistic. I've said that before in this episode, being like, yeah, oh, we don't need like, to be this is like very documentary. Like all of his movies are like this, but yeah, like. I remember you were saying, I don't know if having a bunch of people around a uh, mentally ill person is a great idea. It's a great idea, especially after coming after an out of an institute after six months. Yeah. And immediately, like someone, I forget who brings it up. I think it's it's the grandma. Yeah, the grandma of all people. Who yeah. seems like a total fucking bitch. Yeah, she's up the until one. She's point. yeah, she's the one that like the entire is like fucking kill her. Yeah, kill her. Get rid of her. And then she's like, I don't feel like this is right. 
yeah and then peter falk after trial and error you just see him like go from the happy state of mind just to go be like you know that he like this entire time he's just been angry just his pent-up anger and anxiousness and at a certain point he just breaks his head get the fuck out of my house yeah yeah well no it it goes down differently than that i guess but he goes in and he's like i'm sorry guys but you know i appreciate you all coming out but we think it's best for mabel if you leave and then he's like all right get the fuck out of here get the fuck out when the ensuing oh shit what? She's going to be arriving soon. Yeah. Uh, when that kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she arrives in, again, immediate transformation where she's just stiff as a fucking board. And she's just like. Yeah. I had a feeling this is how it's going to turn out where she was just going to be. Looks like she had like a lobotomy or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Lobotomy should be legalized. By Eugenics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about lobotomies? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, she's she's definitely not all right. What no, she that? has changed. She is a shill of the person. Granted, shell. the person she once was was Already extravagant. Shell. Yeah, so at least. But she's more subdued than she is normal. Yeah, and when she goes into the house, like everyone, like it's just her family, his family at a dinner table, pretty much. And I'm not having any fucking pasta. <laughs> And he's just, they're just arguing with each other, like, because they don't know how to interact around her at this point. They don't yeah, really know. Yeah, they're just like, so, what? And this is the, keep in mind, this is the 70s of yeah. where, like, mental illness was not talked about as much. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's like a fucking alien showing up, Yeah, you know? And it's so, at a certain point, like, the dad, the Peter Falk, Nick, the dad, argue about fucking pasta. <laughs> And at a certain point, they end up at the dinner table, which it's, I mean, again, this is actually one of the scenes that I can, I can see someone being like, all right, this is going on for a while. But yeah, again, I, yeah. I, I was never bored because I'm just fascinated by all these characters You're drawn and, in. and their, and yeah, and all their dilemmas. And he starts to see Mabel just crack and go back into her normal mind state that she was beforehand. After Peter Falk talks to her and just like, he is just at a point of where he's just like, I just, I don't want this anymore. Like, I just want you. Yeah. I want you back. Yeah. Um. And he, they just, like, she's doing like fucking jokes at the table. And he's like, enough jokes. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he doesn't want her to feel like she has to put on some performance for them. Yeah. Uh, He just wants her to feel like she can be herself and just be genuine. Yeah. Granted, being herself is—it's not, it's not the healthiest, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, so that, that's what I mean is that she has such a great. She already had such a great influence on everyone that they're just used to it, and that's where the struggle is of the movie. Yeah, there, there's definitely yeah. an argument to be made there. Yeah, of with is this is it morally right for Richard Falk or no, not Richard Nick 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 yeah. Nick, I forgot his name yeah. of Nick. Wanting her to be back to normal because a is it healthier for her to be in the subdued mind state or is it just hurting her even more yeah. trying it's, to fight these demons? That's why the ending is so complicated. And that's why I love the ending is where you don't know if it's like a sense of happiness or sadness where you're like, you know what? Maybe this is the better 
this maybe this is good, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, this is still an unhealthy lifestyle for everyone. Yeah. There's still a good amount of shit, though, that happens before the ending. Oh, yeah. The razor but blade. Just, yeah. But yeah. Um, so essentially, everyone leaves and uh, she starts dancing the Swan Lake again because she did in the in the beginning. I didn't realize that. It's a nice callback. Yeah, no. Yeah, she starts dancing the Swan Lake and she just fucking loses it at this point everyone in the house loses it the kids freak out peter falk freaks out she has a razor yeah and that scene is so good it's... of where like uh peter falk is really going for it yeah of really like yanking on her arm trying yeah. to get the razor blade out of her hand yeah and the kids are just around her screaming just and, like don't touch and this, mommy and this is what's great is that this scene this is a great use of like close-ups and shaky cam, where it's just like even adds more claustrophobia to this already. Oh yeah, yeah. Just bizarre and and, and frantic scene of events, right? And it's just at this point, she's just fucking bleeding. He's like, I don't know what the fucking like when he's putting like the razor, like he has the razor blade in his hands. He's just like, you look at his face. He's like, I don't know what to fucking do. Exactly. Exactly. He just gives this look of, oh, what the hell? What the what? fuck is going on? And all the kids are like protecting the mom. And at a certain point, he just slaps her. And granted, well, it, it is 1970s America, but it's also just like a sense of like, just, I, he's just frustration. And it's just like, he doesn't know how to control his emotions at all. Well, n- no, he slaps her off the couch after warning her. Doesn't he? Yeah, he she's on the like she's on the couch or the table like dancing mm. and he's like please just get down. Mm. Like I don't want to have to like I'm going to have to hit you. Yeah. I'm going to have to get you down if you don't. Yeah. Um which then really leads to him slapping her. Yeah, yeah. However, the frustration we're talking about comes in when she's on the ground and he just gets on top of her. Yeah. And uh <laughs> well, it's intense. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, this is actually the part that I don't really care about. The movie is uh, it's just a ten minute long just sex scene between the two. It just gets very erotic. Yeah, know. and the kids are there. It's very weird. Yeah, the kid. One of the fat John Favreau's like licking her lips, and it's just like yeah, it looks like she's about to join in. It's I, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going through John Cassavetes' head when making this scene. It's just very strange and out of place. But you know what? I still give this movie a solid eight out of ten. Yeah, 8 out of 10 minus 2 uh, points for the weird orgy. <laughs> We're obviously joking. <laughs> jokes. Come on, jokes. No, but, you know, he tries to... So, after this, he tries to just put it, put the kids to get to bed, but they're just like, Mommy! Yeah. Mommy! And he's just like... It's very sweet because it feels very real of, yeah. like... It kind of struck a chord with me of, like, mm-hmm. wanting to protect your mom. Yeah. You know? However, because like the strong bond that she had with her kids, yeah, is just like they feel because like you definitely see much more of a connection between the kids with the mom than the kids with the dad. So dad's working all day. Yeah, dad's working all day. Not that he doesn't love them or they don't no, love him no, back, no. but it's yeah. just like they have more of a connection and more of a bond with their mom because they're with her more often. But right? then in that, in f- feeling that for the kids, you also feel for Nick of like. As a parent, it must be very difficult for that of where like you're just trying your hardest mm. and your kids think you're like you're a maniac. Yeah. Of where he's just trying to keep his shit together. It's just more frustration and chaos yeah. in this entire scene. But at a certain point the mom convinces him, all right. Yeah, Mabel. This is a very sweet scene where she just goes to each kid and she's like, you know, Can I have my little banana. Yeah. And then little John Favreau, she's like 
<laughs> I love that we call her little John Five, bro. <laughs> but she's just like, and to be honest, I love, I love. She's like, you know, you're really daddy's little girl. You look the most like her. It's, yeah, exactly. Just, you know, it's that connection that she, she is the glue, even though it's a very fucked, weird glue. You know, it's, she, she is, she's is the down. glue of the, yeah. of the family. <laughs> and then after this scene, it's just like Nick and Mabel just but look at like, each other. It's like, yeah, it just happened. <laughs> they're just like, okay, yeah. right, you want to go to bed? Yeah, I'm exhausted. <laughs> and they just clean up. Mabel's like, we need more food in the house. Yeah, it's just like, and this is where I mean, where it's like, I don't, like you don't know if this is a happy or sad ending. Where it's like, is this a healthy relationship? Is this what's better, or is it just? just morally bankrupt you know yeah it's just like obviously she's not mentally well so that's why for my scene i picked a song by michael hurley which is a song this is it's penguins and i first heard this song from daddy long legs which is also at the ending which is also about a weird relationship of parent and yeah. influence with their children and I found the ending similar in the fact, not to give away anything because you haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. they're both contradictions of like, even though there is this underlying sadness, you can also see positives in it, right? Yeah. Where, and like, there's this child, like like Michael Hurley, like this song in particular, something about it just feels so like innocent about it. But it's also just very sad. And that's what I wanted yeah. to do because like the song at the end, obviously is supposed to be a contradiction like with the kazoo yeah with the kazoo and it's like yeah or the piano or whatever the fuck yeah but i wanted to well that's more happy i wanted to do something that's a little bit more show the more negative side of everything yeah which is why i picked this song yeah i think and your song it it almost feels as if it's a bit it's already a part of the original soundtrack exactly that's what like, i mean is it, it seems very natural yeah it fits in very well mm-hmm. um Whereas I wanted to take it into a different direction. I wanted it to be a little bit more haunting. Yeah, and a little I bit more. Saw that. Yeah. Uh, a little bit more impactful. Um, I chose "It Was a Pleasure Then" by the one and only Nico. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very good song. Thank you. The intro of the song works very well with the scene and everything thematically and time-wise it lines up however what really sold me what really sold me um were the lyrics mm. um hold on, let me pull it up right now want to talk some shit you know i just i just don't think that you know you know the holocaust is i mean to be fair you know <laughs> sure you want to go you sure you want to go here bud Hey, you are 20%. Uh, I'm 20%. Yeah, 20%. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. The jokes! Fr- jokes, the bud. No, I'm be like jerkies. Ashkenazi, you motherfucker. <laughs> you like a clown, motherfucker. Oh, I do be like Ashkenazi, bro. <laughs> um, so, the first two lyrics are what sold me. Mm. It was a pleasure then. Could you just be here again? Mm. And that is playing into Nick's emotions of yeah he in a way he has like that scene we were talking about of where they're just like this is it now Mm -hmm. like this is what we're doing Mm -hmm. 
when she asks him, do you love me? And he just gives this like smile and doesn't answer. I think this song definitely compliment or that scene definitely compliments the song that he misses the old Mabel and he just wishes so badly that things were back to normal, Mm -hmm. whatever the normal was. Yeah. Even though it wasn't, he he just wants the old Mabel back. Yeah. Um, however, mental illness has completely just ravaged her. He just has that much of a, uh, a kink for mental illness. (laughs) Yeah. She'll, she'll never be back to normal. Um, so that's why I chose that song again. It is. It was a pleasure then by Nico. Mm. I think it was my. That's probably one of my favorite choices ever. Yeah. Just because the lyrics line up so well. Yeah. I think this is honestly one of my favorite sound. This is my favorite soundtrack that I've done. This is my opinion. Yeah. This is my favorite, obviously. And this is my favorite movie that we've done. I mean, I don't know if we're ever gonna release Kids because that was a. I mean, will we do Kids? Well, we, we just did, we should re-record it. That was one of the like we should redo it, but. We should. I don't even know if I have the audio. But yeah, we should probably redo it. But I don't get to remake my soundtrack too. I, uh, I feel no, like I mine wasn't as strong. I still listen to it. Like I have a really? playlist. I still like shuffle it or whatever. Even though it's just four songs, you know, I I still four like, to six. That's the that's the mark. Yeah, I think that's unless it's after hours where I was like, I'm gonna redo all the fucking. <laughs> that was just like at a certain point, I was just like, oh, so fucking much to do. <laughs> It's so much, but yeah, Woman Under the Influence, amazing movie. This is this and Kids, even though you know we're gonna redo it at a certain yeah. point. Yeah, those are my two favorite movies that we've done. Yeah, I I love this movie. John Cassavetes, easily like style wise, in my opinion, I think will has like the most influence on myself. Yeah, I think thematically and. You know what the whole movie is about and what it's going for. It definitely struck a chord with myself. You know, and I, th- I think, I think it's just a really fantastic movie. I just think yeah, it's really, I agree. really amazing. I loved it. I love it a lot. Yeah, that was uh, a woman under the influence. John Cassavetes. Ten out of ten. Ten. I, yeah, I'd give it a solid. I'd give it a nine. I'm gonna, give it, I'm gonna give it a ten. It's not like my favorite movie of all time, but I just appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Um. So that was the fifth episode. It's fifth episode. I hope maybe this. Uh, maybe this. I think no. We did. We did very good with this. Well, we analyzed I, the movie. We analyzed our songs, and we we had our little tidbits, and you preventing me from going on a Holocaust uh, rant. A, a, a Holocaust. I was gonna do nine eleven too. <laughs> I was just gonna hit all of them and just be like, you know, I don't think this really happened. I don't. <laughs> I don't you know, I think it's just holograms. I CGI don't is a powerful tool. CGI is just a powerful tool, you know. Um, the planes were just holograms, if you really think about it. But I hope that uh, whoever's listening to this show that, like, we are capable yeah, we are, of we actual are thought. Yeah. And having a down-to-earth an, conversation. And analysis and having a thoughtful conversation about a movie and music. We you know? are, too, just... Shithead teenagers yeah. talking about movies and music. Just give us a break. But just we we gave you that. We gave maybe we gave you that. We give you that, and um, you know, whatever it works out. It yeah, works maybe out this was a little bit of a a redemption. Yeah, if you will. Um, that's great. But yeah, uh, who's listening? I hope you're doing well. Yeah. Uh, once we release these episodes, it's gonna be a weekly thing. Yeah. Uh, we've already got a couple banked and everything. Yeah, and you've already seen them at this point when yeah. it's released. Yeah. Um, 
Oh yeah, why did I even say? Actually, that? it was Peter Falk's birthday either yesterday or two days ago. Really? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Well, one final thing: this movie is a great fall movie. Oh yeah, no. and we are getting into it. Getting the fall into the is fall. coming. Oh, the fall, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> That's why we should do. I, I love, I love kids, and for some reason, because we did it around the same time. Yeah, like this year. That's why I kind of want to redo it. All right. Well, uh, that's uh, fifth episode of Other Voices. Yeah. Again, I'm your host Connor. Yeah. That's I'm, your co-host Dan. Yeah. Um, slat. I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. You're cool. You're cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, be well. <sighs> Salutations.